Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The Volume. The Draymond Green Show is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get payouts in as fast as two hours. There's so many bet types. My favorite same-game parlay bets. There's live betting, player props, futures. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. To get started now, sign up. Please use the promo code Colin. C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook makes it easy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. This is an exciting podcast. As this is the first one we've done since clinching the second round and moving on to the conference finals. Extremely excited to be back in that position. It's a long two years. Uh, and, you know, actually the last two playoffs, I've been kind of watching them like on vacation. And it's been great. It was cool, but I'd much rather be in this position. Like I got the rest of my life to watch basketball, playoff basketball from vacation. So, you know, this is, this is a, I think I, have a much deeper appreciation for being in the conference finals this time than I did the previous times. You know, you kind of in the midst of a five-year run of every year going to the conference finals or every year going to the NBA finals, you, you, you kind of just expect to get there and like you expect to win it. And, you know, after two years of not being here and, you know, experiencing that and then coming back, like it's just a totally different appreciation just for competing at this level, like having, I saw something from Clay the other day where he said, I'm just like, like, I like the pressure. You know, you, you, you love the opportunity to just compete at the highest level. And it's no higher level than the NBA playoffs and the conference finals and the finals. And so, man, I'm ex- extremely excited to be in this position. And then as we know, as we now know, the Dallas Mavericks went into Phoenix and one 
I actually expected the Dallas Mavericks to win this game. I also picked the Dallas Mavericks to win on the pod, as you all know. 40? That's tough. That's tough. I was shocked at at the game plan going into the game for the Suns. And, like, they were still switching everything. And, and Luka had been inviting those switches. And he was calling, you know, start of the game, first play, he called DeAndre Aiden up and got him into the switch. He got to this little spin, step back off the left foot, dirt. And then the next th- next play was a three. And And you just knew, like, all right, you know, when you get to a game seven, you're already, you already know. They know what we're trying to do. We know what they're trying to do. Who's going to play harder? Who's going to get the 50-50 balls? May the best man win. Who's going to shoot best? Whose role's player is going to come up a little more? And Luka dominated the game early. And then the role players got going. They were actually missing shots early on. Jalen Brunson was missing early on. Dorian Finney-Smith was missing early on. Where the, where the other guys started actually got going was when Spencer came into the game. Spencer came into the game. He really got it going. And then everyone else picked it up. And that was huge. Um, Holding Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Aiden in the first half to one for 15 shooting, I think that's been one of the biggest improvements in the the Dallas Mavericks team is their defense. Um, And from the start of the season to now, they're a totally different team defensively. And I mean, as you can see, they held the Sun to the Suns to 27 points in the first half. It's hard to find games in the NBA where a team has 27 points at the end of the first quarter. They had 27 at the end of the first half. I mean, that was an incredible display of dominance by Dallas. Incredible display. You know, you you want to point out like their defense was great and like 27 points. You want to point out their offense was great and guys had it going. It was just an, an display of dominance. And Luka got going and the rest of the guys followed. And so that, I'm sure, caught a lot of people off guard. Like I said, I thought they would win. Of course, I just didn't predict that they would win by 40. But the series outcome did not surprise me. It didn't surprise me. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies game six. Uh, man, let me tell you something. That game, as you see, you can see, we went up 10, they cut it to two. We went up 10, they cut it to one. We went up 10, they go up one. As I, I, I tweeted this a while back, that Memphis Grizzlies team, those young guys are unfazed. They're unbothered by anything. And that's such a great trait to have when you're trying to make runs. They were never phased by our runs. We get down to the six-minute mark. They may have been up two or it was a tie ball game right in there. And that's when we started to make our run. We started to pull away. But that team, that team has a bright future, has a very bright future. Now, what that team has to fight against is now they're going to be expected to do more, right? So you go to the second round, tough matchup with us. They're going to be expected to do more. Accolades come in. All of those things, egos get bigger, you know, as as guys get older, as they solidify themselves more. And so that team has to keep all of that together. You know, I, I know everyone's out there saying, oh, the money and this. It's the things that go on within your team that matters much more than money. It's, it's the culture. And they have it. They have a good culture. Those young guys, they rock with each other. They dance. They do all the stuff. But again, as you get older, you don't dance as much, you know, and you don't celebrate as much or party together as much or whatever they may do. That's when all of those things matter more and more and more. And then obviously reaching new levels of success. But as I said in my press conference the other day, with all the chippiness in the series and the injuries, the eye knock, the the gritty when the shot goes up, the he fouled him, he hurt him, um, whooped that trick, uh, like all of the stuff that went on in the series. As you're going through that, I'm just like, I can't wait to finish this series off and just, like, shut these dudes up and, like, gritty on the court. And, like, you know, those are just the thoughts you're thinking as you're going through it. And then I got to the end of it, and I'm like, man, that was so hard. It was so hard. I have nothing but respect for those young guys. Nothing but respect. They, the way they fought, the way they competed from the beginning of the series to the end, uh, they made us a much better team. I don't take that for granted at all. 
Um, I mean, you just you really have to get those guys their credit. And for me, um, you know, I, I I saw even after Dylan Brooks, like, oh, they're getting old. Like, uh, I said that last year. Um, you know, like, all right, cool. I thought Steph Kilty with him. <laughs> well, he said there was a dynasty. He was a dynasty. <laughs> like, stop. You know, and and of course, stop. Like. I think what that team will learn as they continue to grow is how to win. There were some things that went on in that series that just shows me that they're still young. And as they get older, they'll learn how to win. They'll learn um, just different things about winning games down the stretch and how to pull out these tight games in those situations. They'll continue to learn that as you get more experience. And that's when you always hear a team say like, but that team knows how to win. And, and, and so, you know, I know there are some things that they'll continue to get better at and they'll continue to grow game plan, discipline stuff, um, just different things that you learn. I don't want to say you learn by losing, but you learn going through the process. And normally when you have to learn going through the process, you do lose. And so it's not necessarily that you learn from losing. You just learn by going through that actual process. And so I think, you know, the next time we face those guys, they'll know more. I don't necessarily say they're going to beat us, but they'll know more. And, and it'll get tougher and it'll get tougher. And then one day maybe they will because who's ever the king of the parking lot forever? You know, so maybe one day they get it. But. We're still going, and it's still fun, and we're still doing what we do. And Game 6 Clay is still Game 6 Clay. Game 6 Clay last time playing in the playoffs before this year was Game 6, and he was cooking Toronto Raptors. Game 6 Clay showed up again. And, you know, I think one of the beautiful things about Game 6 Clay is, like, that obviously became this narrative and, like, this thing of people saying, Clay really believes that now. Like, in his head, he, like, so of course, it's Game 6. Like, of course I'm going to do this. Are you crazy? And, like, he approaches the game like that, and it's one of the most incredible things to watch. Is I mean, it shows you how powerful the mind is. Like, for those out there that just doesn't understand how powerful your thoughts are, how powerful your beliefs are, the mind is a very powerful thing. And he believes, like, game six clay is a real thing. And guess what? If Killer Clay believe it, I believe it. <laughs> and he continues to show it. And so that was absolutely incredible. I thought one of the big things that I really took away from that game and how hard it really was is Steph finished the game with 29. Clay finished the game with 30. Wiggins finished the game with 18 and 11. I finished the game with 14, 15, and 8 assists. Looney finished the game with 22 rebounds. We did not pull away from that team until the four or five minute mark of the, of the fourth quarter. We needed all of that. We needed everybody to play well. That's how tough that young team were. They, they were really tough. And you have to, like I said before, you have to give them their credit. But we definitely put it all together, and it was great to see all of us have a good game and need it all play well at the same time in order to move forward. I have to, once again, I'm not just going to breeze over this like this isn't a big deal. Kavon Looney was absolutely amazing. You know, Steph and I have been pushing for him to start. And, you know, the reason we were is just, like, 
it may not have looked like that or felt like that on the bench as a coach, but on the court, it felt like we were getting dominated. Like if you're out there, you like you feel like you're getting dominated. Another reason I really wanted Kavon to start is because I wanted to start on Jaron Jackson from the beginning of the game. You know, I would, uh, and going through the series, they started trying to take advantage of our lack of size on Jaron Jackson. So I would get on him, and I would feel like he's kind of looking at me like fresh meat when I come out there to guard him. But he's already kind of in his rhythm and feeling, you know, the bravado from scoring. And and so I wanted to start on him from the beginning of the game. That was a big thing for me starting that game. It's like I need to take him out of the game from the start of the game. First play, what do they do? Go to Jaron Jackson on the post, come up with the stop. That sets a different tone for our team. And that tone is set by who? I know I got to stop. And most people say, oh, Draymond, you set the tone. That tone is set by simply starting Kavon Looney. That's who set the tone. And he rebounded the basketball, 11 rebounds in the first quarter. I came out the game. When I came out the game in the first quarter, I looked up. I said, man, Loon. And then he got a rebound. I said, yo, Loon got 10 rebounds. They're like, yeah. I'm like, wow, this is impressive. For Kavon Looney to play, not play much at all in this playoffs, really. He was guarding Joker when I was out and then, you know, for him to then play a career high in minutes, not playoff minutes, a career high in minutes, have 22 rebounds, save the day, save the season. Got to give a lot of credit to that young man, a uh, guy who been through numerous injuries, plays 82 games this year. Like, whatever happens to Loon this summer, and I hope it's here, I hope it's here, he get whatever he does, he, 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 whatever happens with him, he deserves. Because that's a guy who worked his butt off, fought through injuries, true professional, and he come up on the biggest stage. So shout out to Gavon Looney and what he did for the dubs and extending our season because we needed it in a major way. And moving forward, Dallas and the dubs meet in the conference finals. Um, Extremely excited about this, as I said. Uh, It's definitely going to be a tough matchup anytime you're playing against a guy like Luka Doncic, um, you know, he he can control the tempo of games. He gets whatever shot he wants. He gets other guys involved. Um, just an incredible, 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 absolutely incredible talent. Um, he, you know, he and he's been that way since, since he walked into the NBA. I remember when he first came into the NBA, and he said it's easier to score in the NBA than it is overseas. And everybody, I know, guys were like, wow, he's out of his mind. Is he crazy? This is the NBA. And when he said it, I understood what he was saying. Like, And what he was saying is like, there's so much more space on an NBA floor. And overseas, they pack the paint. They play from the outside in. Whereas the NBA, everybody's trying to take the three away. And so Luka's like, it's way easier to score here. And I knew, I knew and understood exactly what he was talking about. I keep up with overseas basketball. One of my closest friends, Raymar Morgan, plays overseas, was having a great career over there. And I just pay attention to the game, and it's just so much bigger. Like, you get away with playing two huge bigs, like logs, overseas. And it's just not that way in the NBA. And so I knew what he was talking about, and he's proven what he said was true. Because the way he scores the basketball is absolutely incredible. Jalen Brunson has been playing absolutely amazing. Uh, he's earned himself a nice payday coming up this summer. But he's he's taking that next step. You know, he was kind of coming off the bench and role player. And he's taking that next step to starter and legit number two option for those guys. And so um, 
got to guard Jalen Brunson. He's huge. He, you know, he takes advantage of smaller guys. Um, you know, he kind of plays an old school game, doesn't make many mistakes. So Jalen Brunson will be big for them. And then they have those guys shooting the ball. Dorian Finney-Smith, who's an incredible defender, uh, I've raved about his improvement. And even when he got his contract here, um, I spoke about that and just how much, how deserving he was. And he's continued to show that. Uh, the pickup they had with Reggie, with Reggie Bullock and how he's defending and shooting a three. Uh, what Nico Harrison has done in coming in his first year and putting, building this team, building that coaching staff uh, with Jason Kidd and the gym that no one talks about, Jared Dudley. Um, I mean, Nico has done an incredible job. And, you know, they pulling the trade with Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, no one would have gotten rid of Porzingis. You, you just, people don't do that in the NBA. Nico, I'm sure. I, I know Nico. I've, I've went, went up, up against Nico in negotiations when Nico was an executive at Nike. And Nico will make tough calls. Like, Nico is not a guy that won't make tough calls. And when I, when I look at that Spencer Dinwiddie trade with Kristaps uh, Porzingis, no one would have done that. And I am certain that that was a Nico Harrison call. Because I, I, I just, I know the type of negotiator he is. I know he's not, the he's not the type of guy that won't swing for the fences and stand on what he believes in. And I, and I just don't think that's a move someone else would have made. I definitely think that's a Nico Harrison move. And Spencer Dinwiddie has shown how big of a move that was, not only in these playoffs, but the remainder of that regular season. And so, you know, when he played well, they tend to win. Maxie Kleber, who's shooting the ball well. Uh, Dwight Powell, who, who starts the game for them. And Kleber's been playing a lot more in this series. But... All of those guys matter. And so, you know, they found uh, uh, Frank Tilakina, Nilakina, has found himself a home and he's defending for those guys. And so, you know, that's a really good team. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for us. I think one thing we know we have to do is get our turnovers down. Those guys will feed off of turnovers. And, you know, that's something that, you know, moving forward, we need to correct. And so that'll be a big deal uh, for us. Because that allows us not only to get good, good looks and more looks at the rim, but it allows us to set our defense. And, you know, anytime you're playing against a set defense, it's just much harder than when you're playing in transition. And that's what, you know, that's what we've allowed the Memphis Grizzlies to do, even some with the uh, Denver Nuggets. They're just getting out in transition against us for turning the ball over. So we definitely have to take better care of the ball. Um, and, and that'll be... Uh, probably key number one on, on the offensive end for us is taking care of the ball. So if we can correct that issue, um, which I have no doubt in my mind that we can, I am the main one. I need to correct it myself. I've been, I think I may have had four more turnovers in each game uh, in the Memphis series. So I have to correct that issue as the rest of us do as well, but it starts with me and I will be better in that area. And I think that'll allow for us to be better as a team um, but I'm expecting a, a tough series. Uh, you got two great coaches, Coach Kerr and, and, and Jay Kidd going up against each other. I'm looking forward to the chess matches, uh, the chess matches on the court against their guys. Like, that's all fun. And so looking forward to that. Dubs, Dallas, and the, the Western Conference Finals. And who's my prediction? My prediction for that, for that matchup is the Dubs, of course. Of course. Celtics, Bucks, Jason Tatum.
The way Jason Tatum took over game six was absolutely amazing. And I'm just saying, I had people telling me, Draymond, you need to get off the podcast. Um, stop doing the podcast during the, during the playoffs. Blah, blah, blah. And what they weren't paying, to, paying attention to was me saying, hey, that's not Marcus Smart fault they lost that game. That's JT fault they lost that game. And I'm putting that on the young fella. And what did the young fella do? He went and made it right. He went to Milwaukee and got 46 and nine. Make it right, JT. Make it right then. And shout out to the, to the people that say, oh, Draymond, you shouldn't be doing a podcast. You should focus. I, I, I look forward to the day when they, when they reach out, when they tell Elon Musk, and I'm sure they do, when they tell Elon Musk, Tesla stock is doing bad. You, you better not focus on SpaceX at all. You know, no, no one does that. You know, no one was, you know, no one thinks uh, Jack Dorsey was wearing Twitter and Square, two, two multi-billion dollar companies. No one says Jack Dorsey can't run two because the other one's uh, having a bad day on the stock market. But yet, they want me to not talk about Jason Tatum and do this podcast and, and play basketball. Stop it. The podcast is not going anywhere. So for those out there that saying, oh, Draymond should stop doing the podcast, welcome to the Draymond Green Show. It's not going anywhere. Jason Tatum was absolutely incredible. He got in foul trouble in this game, in, in this game seven. But the way he, his imprint on the game from the very beginning, on both ends of the floor, that once he went down with foul trouble, he had those guys rolling. He had them locked in, confident, and they kept it rolling. And Milwaukee was not able to take advantage of Jason Tatum picking up his fourth foul. And that's really where the, the Celtics won the game. Because if you're Milwaukee, you really have to capitalize on Jason Tatum picking up that foul. And they did not, because not only did it take um, their best offensive player off the floor, but it took one of their better defenders, defenders off the floor as well. And they just weren't able to capitalize on it. And as this series, I mean, really all series long, but especially as the series progressed, you realized how much the Milwaukee Bucks was missing Chris Middleton. Uh, and that's, you know, Chris Middleton, Giannis averages the most points, obviously. But Chris Middleton is their number one option when it comes to scoring, uh, when it comes to running sets, when it comes to all those things, when it comes to time to get a bucket. Chris Middleton is their number one option on the offensive end. And so for them to be missing him against such a great defense like Boston, kudos and congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks for even taking that Series 7. But the, the absence of Chris was just too, too big to overcome. And they... I, they felt that, and obviously we're watching the Celtics move on. Not saying that the Celtics couldn't have moved on if Chris Middleton wasn't was there, but the Bucks definitely felt that. And I thought it was pretty impressive for both teams to go on the road and win two games. Uh, that's just tough to do in any playoffs, and for both of those teams to do that, I thought that was impressive. Um, Marcus Smart continues to play well. Al Horford continues to play well. But Grant Williams... I know the anal analytic guys were, I mean, I, I know they were in heaven watching Grant Williams play today. At one point, Grant Williams was seven for 15 from three. Um, he was, no, I'm sorry. At one point, he was six for 15 from three. I think he had 21 points. And for an analytical guy, that is heaven. 
That's heaven. That's like, we got this guy to take 15 threes. He has 21 points. Those analytics are off the chart. Now, Grant Williams continued to shoot that thing, and he continued to shoot that thing well. And he finished with a playoff career high, 27 points. That is the difference between home and away. That's the difference. Your role players at home, as opposed to on the road. Grant Williams didn't play very well in, in, in Milwaukee. But on, at home, come out firing, lose, nothing to lose, crowd on your side. And Grant Williams got it going. Grant Williams made himself a lot of money in that game right there. Now, obviously, he has another year and, you know, the business of basketball. But Grant Williams, the way he shot the basketball and the way he defends, uh, the size that he has, like he shot the ball all season long very well. So I'm not taking anything away from that. But when you go on that stage in game seven to get to the Eastern Conference Finals and you do that, that means a little more. And Grant Williams showed up in a major, major way for the Celtics, Jalen Brown, the way Jalen Brown was attacking from the very beginning of the game, putting those guys on his heels. Also, another reason, uh, another way you see that they miss Chris Middleton because as opposed to that being Grayson Allen, who had no chance, that's Chris Middleton, who does have a chance, who's a good defender. And so, again, you see the loss of Chris Middleton and how that was just, it was too much for the Bucs to overcome. You got the Heat Celtics coming up in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's going to be a tough matchup. I'm taking the Celtics. The reason I'm taking the Celtics is because Jason Tatum's going to be Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown's going to be Jalen Brown. And their defense is going to be their defense. And I think Milwaukee, I mean, I think Miami, uh, who depends on Tyler Hero to score a lot, I think Tyler Hero will have some trouble against all of Boston's length. Jimmy Butler would do what Jimmy Butler does. But I think the way they depend on Tyler Hero scoring and how much length. I think Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero would definitely have some good games in this series. I'm not saying they're going to completely take him out of the series. He's a good player. But I think over the course of a seven-game series, that length is going to bother him, and they really depend on that scoring. Uh, P.J. Tucker in this series, and Miami having P.J. Tucker this year, uh, does help and 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 could possibly change that series. Also, another thing that changes that series is will Kyle Lowry be available or not? I think that's a really big deal when you're facing a good team, a good defense, because Kyle Lowry can help manipulate the defense. Um, and so that's going to be a big deal as well. But ultimately, I got the Bucks winning that one um, and, and ultimately moving on to the NBA Finals to play the Dubs. Jackson, before we get out of here, Given my picks, my thoughts, I know you're happy your Boston Celtics is going to the Eastern Conference Finals. That is a big part of this podcast that we have not discussed in the energy. Is Jackson been sitting here smiling on this screen this entire press conference because the Celtics won. But, Jackson, I don't know. You got something to say about the Celtics, man? Hey, I'm, I'm just happy we won. I'm just happy we won, and I'm hoping... <laughs> That uh, in whatever it is, 10 days, 12 days, something like that, that we're staring down the barrel of a Celtics Warriors finals. That sounds great, man. I'm looking forward to that. Hey, hey, my uh, JT, remember I told y'all how, how Jackson was just talking about y'all on the last pod and how upset the fans get it. Now he can't stop smiling. Yeah, <laughs> Looking at the finals. You see how these fans be, man. 
Uh, Jackson, you got a couple mailbag questions for us before we get out of here? I do. This was not an officially submitted mailbag question to the Dream to the Draymond Green Show. And by the way, a reminder to submit your questions on Twitter, hashtag the Draymond Green Show. Um, this was a good question that I thought in the spirit of the Celtics winning uh, from Jeff Goodman at Jeff Goodman, the college basketball reporter. He said, Jeff. where does Tatum rank in terms of the most, quote, complete players in the NBA? Because he said Giannis doesn't have a consistent three-point jump shot. Luca doesn't defend with consistency. He did not mention Kevin Durant, but that is a fair question. Where does Tatum rank in terms of the most complete players in the NBA? Jeff, what's up, my man? I think Jeff may owe me dinner for a bet about uh, something with college basketball. I don't know. Maybe I owe Jeff dinner. I think it's possible I may owe Jeff dinner. Jeff, what's up? Jeff, next time, hashtag the Draymond Green Show. But because you are Jeff Goodman and because you are my guy, we still found a question. Shout out to Jackson. Um, where does Tatum rank amongst complete players? I don't think I don't think there's a shortage of complete players in the NBA. So as far as like sitting like ranking them, I I that's something that I've never truly thought about because I don't think there's a shortage. I think we have several complete players. What I will say is I think Jason has continued to grow and 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 credit to uh, Ime Udoka for getting him to take that next step on the defensive end because I think this year is the most I've ever seen JT lock in on the defensive end and he takes it personal now and you can see that in the way he's defending and the way they're defending is he takes it personal now and so I can't just say all these years before that JT was the most complete player but I think he has grown into that and he is that now and I do think some of that credit goes to Emei and their coaching staff on requiring him to play defense on, you know, that that being a non-negotiable. Like, no, JT, I know you can score, but if we're going to win, you have to play some defense. And he's taking that next step. JB is taking that next step, and they're really, truly defending. And so I don't really want to get to uh, who's the best, who's, you know, where is he ranked. But what I will say is he is now on that list of complete players, whereas he wasn't prior to this year, in my opinion, because he didn't always bring it on a defensive end like he does this year, and he does all the time. All right, next one from at White Don Draper. What were you saying to KD in that famous gif where you're like tapping him and hyping him up? I know you sort of talked about this. You're just hyping him up generally. But what specifically were you saying to Kevin Durant? I can't remember exactly what I was saying, but I was I think I was saying something about like they want to guard something like that. I got you. And if I got you, I'm gonna roll with you every time. Like against 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 that what they're down there doing. And I got you mean to tell me I got you, I can get you the ball. I'm rolling with that every single time. They can't stop you. There's nobody down. There's nobody in this league can stop you. So if that's what they're gonna give us, I'm rolling with that every single time. And so it was something along those lines. I can't remember it verbatim, but it was something along those lines. All right. Last one uh, from Fern at Cloud Vision. How are playoff games different in Chase Center versus Oracle? I thought this was interesting to revisit because we talked about this earlier uh, in the season. And you basically said that because you hadn't had any, had any playoff games or really much of a playoff experience in the Chase Center, you had to build up that playoff culture. Now you've won two series in the, in the Chase Center. So, so far, at least, how would you say it compares? Uh, I think, I think uh, you know, Chase is starting to make a name for itself. Chase is starting to become a good home court advantage. But I still can't compare it to Oracle because there's just so much success in Oracle, and we have to continue to create success in this building. 
Um, what I will say is I think an Oracle, like you walk in the warm-ups, Oracles, you can't hear. Like they would cut off the music because it would be too loud. Like I think that was one of the differences, like when the crowd gets going. Like once our crowd gets going now, it's going. But Oracle would be going from the very beginning of us stepping onto the court, not the buzzer sound, us stepping onto the court. And so just a different type of energy in Oracle. Uh, nonetheless, it's, it's becoming a great home court for us. We're protecting our home court. It's been super loud. When we just played that game six, that sounded and felt like Oracle, and it was insane. But, again, we're building to that point, and, 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 and a part of that responsibility is on us as players. It's not on the fans. And so we're bringing what we got to bring. They're bringing what they need to bring, and we're making it work, and we're putting it together. That's a wrap on this episode of the Draymond Green Show. Your Eastern Conference Finals are set. Your Western Conference Finals are set. And we will be set to lock back in Wednesday after game one for the first episode during the Western Conference Finals. Come back. Check us out. We appreciate your support. To our loyal subscribers, thank you, thank you, thank you. On to the Western Conference Finals. I'm on to prepare, baby. Until Wednesday night, Thursday morning for you. That's a wrap. Peace. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.